I'll wait till we're I'm Johnny Lieberman, and you're watching LMP. What does LMP stand for? Late Night Play Oh, yeah, that's true. I've been on there. Yeah, good show. <laughs> you should like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs>
I mean, I am. I mean, no. I'll, yes, yes. I, I I will act in stuff that 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 I'm working on, but I would not call myself an actor. I'm a comedian and a writer. Okay, that would be my title. There's a lot of actor, writer, producer, comedian. <laughs> I wasn't sure, and that was actually going to be like the question where you rank it. So it's okay. I would writer. I would say comedian, writer, comedian, writer, comedian, writer. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of where it all started was stand up. You know, how and why? Where are you from? Let's I'm get from, to all of it. Let's do all of it. I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. Get out. Um, yes. I you're was f- born in Stanford, Connecticut. You're born in Stanford? Yeah, born in Stanford Hospital, as was my dad. What? Yeah. He Stanford. was born and so raised in Stanford. I. He was Turner there's a on the other side of that wall is Turner River Fire Department. His helmet when he was this is Did crazy. you grew up in Stanford? I grew up in Wilton. Oh yeah. But I, what I had, the hell? That's crazy. I had a lot of friends who moved to Wilton during the pandemic. Weird. Yes, a lot of okay, people so- are in Wilton now. Born in Stanford, Connecticut. Okay, yeah, born, random. Yeah, born in Stanford. Um, went to Emerson College in Boston. Um, then moved what out year? here uh, in '99 to 2002. Oh wow! And then I moved moved out here with a bunch of my comedy and college friends, and lived with a magician as one does. And uh, <laughs> did you bring the magician with you, or did you meet tonight? Ma- no. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a, he's bring in him the car. out here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, no, uh, yeah, no, we, we, we moved out together. We were, we were at Emerson. We were buddies from college. So we Got moved it. out together and, uh, yeah, just started doing all the comedy stuff that you do when you're starting out. I was doing lots of comedy clubs. I was traveling. I got really into the college circuit cause I was so young doing stand up that I did a lot of college shows. So were you doing the stand up at Emerson? Oh yeah. 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 From like day two I was performing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Were you performing in Stanford? I mean, Stanford? is that a thing in Connecticut that you were already pursuing? Or? Yeah, I, I, I was, I was doing all the improv and sketch stuff that you do that, that you could do. We go into the city and do sort of the open mic bringer shows. But when I got to Emerson and Boston, when there, when I was basically like in the middle of a city and able to go to comedy clubs every night, I did, and that's all I did. Um, and then recently, Stanford opened up its first comedy club. The New York Comedy Club opened in Stanford, so no I kidding. went back. Where in, is it? In June, did a show there. It's downtown? right downtown. Really? Have you been to Stanford lately? When I, from when I was a kid to when I was a young adult, it changed dramatically. From then to now, probably ten years, I can't imagine. Oh, we, we drove through it, but like, yeah, it's drove uh, through, like on ninety five, drove through it. Yeah, 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 I loved your drive, by the way. That was fun to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know the places apparently. <laughs> yeah, it was at very least cool. the Northeast. Um. Anyways, yeah. So that was sort of how I got out here, and then um, wow. just started doing all of the stuff that you know you do. I was doing stand up. I was. Uh, you know, hosting MTV shows, they were getting canceled. I host another MTV show, it would get canceled. <laughs> then I'd host another MTV show. Andy Dick would be there and get canceled. You know, it was I like worked all... with Andy Dick. Yeah, I worked on news radio. Wow. Yeah, that must have been awesome. Uh, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like so pre Me Too, you know, <laughs> like with, yeah. with the way he was acting. Yeah. Um, that everyone he was, was like, actually actually acting the way they used to act in generations way before we were in this business. Oh yeah, it was it was insane, and I was young and didn't really know what to make of it. But everyone, high five, yeah, everyone's like, oh great, <laughs> you know. Um, but but yeah, that was a that was a bad show. But um, but so you're doing MTV shows, but at MTV least you're shows. working. You got out here and you're working. Yeah, yeah, I was I was I was touring, and when I wasn't touring, I was like on MTV, you know, like the LA MTV. So there wasn't as much. Oh, it wasn't like, 1515 Broadway. It was, yeah, it wasn't TRL and like that. But I was, you know, hosting some this game show called Your Face or Mine. I hosted a thing called The Reality Show. I hosted Spring yeah. Break. I did a bunch of stuff um, that was fun. And then I was still doing stand-up. 
and then I got into um, like when when the internet stuff started really happening. I sound like I'm a hundred, but when like <laughs> but when like Crackle and Super Deluxe and College Humor started yes. making content, I was like right there and started doing stuff. So that's that's really when I started writing sitcoms because I started writing like shorts um, and stuff oh. like that. And we started doing them, and then that led to you know. Uh, me writing a sitcom for Sony, and then I then I sold my first sitcom, and then uh, then Whitney Cummings got a show picked up, and we're we're all friends from doing stand up, and then she's like, come and work on my show, and then I did, and then I was on a sitcom, and then then I just kind of continued writing on sitcoms. I basically went to IMDb, and there's a, so many shows that I've, I'm so interested to hear about your connections yeah. with. One is, of course, Whitney. Uh, we actually really enjoyed that show. I don't know anyone else who watched it, unfortunately. A but lot we of people really, did. Really you know what's it. funny about the Whitney sitcom is it was. Highly rated. It got picked up. It was on. It was such a long time ago. It was on after The Office. That's when it premiered. That's how long ago it was. So that show came out and, you know, the ratings were really high because it was, you know, 2011. It was a great slot. And then we did 22 episodes. And then it got picked up for another, I think, 16 or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience for me, Whitney probably had, different, had a much different experience. Yeah. But but for me, it was interesting because I was the first time I never worked on a multicam sitcom, you know, in that capacity. So it was really fun. I met a lot of amazing people. I mean, the the writing staff on that show honestly was insane. Like almost everyone on that staff has had their own show now. Wow. So it's pretty cool. So that that was that was fun. It was also just like. If you guys remember that marketing blitz with her on all the billboards, it was like very – it was insane. Then yeah. she had a talk show also. So there was this There was this time also when There's I would a lot like of Whitney. go back and forth between like you know Writing CBS Radford to then the talk show. Yeah, it was a crazy – Because you were one of her time. writers, you'd work on both shows. Yeah, and we're, yeah like she, she, she's the best. So we just would always be – help each other out. And it was a lot of pressure to be under, you know. So it was – she wanted – the safety net of friends. When I was, uh, yeah, to, you're right. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, young, I worked at David E. Kelly, and oh, wow. I worked for Chris D'Elia's dad, oh, yeah. Bill D'Elia. Bill D'Elia. So I knew Bill D'Elia very well for, for years, you know, because he was on Alan McBeal, then he went over to Boston Legal. Yeah, yeah. Chris D'Elia was just a kid who sort of hung around the set from time to time that we didn't really get because there was a bunch of brothers. It was like three brothers or something like that. Right. And when he showed up on television on a network show, on Whitney's show, yeah. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't know that they were friends and didn't follow the whole thing. But we were like glued to it because I wanted to see little D'Elia shine. <laughs> And then I grew to be such a fan of Whitney through the show. I didn't know her pre previous to that. Oh, wow, yeah. So I found and, and love Whitney Cummings through her sitcom. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, she's great. And her stand-up's only gotten funnier and funnier. You know, she just filmed a special. She's great. She's doing good. Yeah, she's pregnant, too. Going to be a mom. She's pregnant to be a mom. <laughs> Everything's happening for her. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> it's a good time. Yes. It's a good time. Yes. Uh, all right. So that was Whitney. All right. That was gosh, Whitney, damn. Yes. Dan, and then uh, Mulaney. Mm -hmm. Now that's another great one because for people who don't remember this show, this was even shorter lived than Whitney. Yes. But Martin Short. Yeah, yeah. The whole premise to that show was was genius. I thought, and I wanted to see it be a success. That was, I will say, one of the most fun. Like that that writers' room was the most fun. Like we were, we would work so late, and it was the funniest people ever, and we just like had the best time ever. But we made the show in this bubble. Like we it never came out until we were long gone, and then oh. it was just sort of it, it was this weird thing. Is that's sort of the pro that was sort of the problem, and it's kind of the problem even today. Where like 
you know, it used to be you'd be making these sitcoms and you'd be getting feedback immediately. It was like kind of the closest thing to stand up. You know, it's this like instant gratification where you're sort of like immediately knowing how they feel. In the so, form of ratings, but still. In the form of ratings or reviews or whatever it is. Mm. So what ends up happening is you kind of like get caught up in what you think is working, you know, and you have no idea because you're so inside of it. I mean, it happened with me too on my own show, but it's like you, you, you don't have a chance to like let sort of like everything breathe and figure out what works. And that's why like all of the best shows happen like in season four, you mm-hmm. know, like takes time to find the show's voice and it's so hard to f- get the time now. People you know? don't remember Cheers, Seinfeld. I mean, so many shows like that that really hit their stride, like you said, seasons three, four. Yes. And they're like regarded as the best sitcoms of all time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's because he, he let them have time to do it. But yeah, but that was a very fun show. You know, the, I always say like the table reads of the Mulaney show were the like the loudest laughs I've ever heard in my life. Can you remind everyone of the premise of that show? Why was Martin Short there? Yeah, what was Mulaney's so- doing? So Martin Shore played a famous comedian who hosted a game show. John Mulaney played uh, John Mulaney, who worked f- as a writer for him. His name was Lou. And then he also lived, John, with Seton Smith, a very funny comic, and Nassim Patrat, very f- hilarious comedian. Um, and they were roommates. And the idea was that they were all, like, struggling. Like, you know, John and Seton were trying to become comedians. And he was sort of juggling very close to John's real life, which was, like, you know, at that time, which of his life was when he was like writing for TV shows and trying to make it as a comic. So it was a lot was going on, you know, yeah. but it, but it was fun. And Martin Shore was hilarious. And we had like incredible, um, guests. I mean, fortune themes to play the stage manager. He was insane. <laughs> Eddie Pepitone played the plant in the crowd that always got Ma- Martin Shore's jokes. Like it was an insane show. I mean, it was insane. I think the show got canceled after this table read that I think Bill Hader <laughs> fucked a frog. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's exactly what happened, but there was something with a frog or a turtle and it didn't make it to ever be filmed. Killed at the table read. Uh, I thought it was very, for an industry show, it was very high concept. I absolutely loved it. There were smatterings of Dick Van Dyke in there, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, the writer and following his life. Yeah. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Sorry it didn't go further. No, it was, it was fun and um, yeah. Going down the list, uh, Goldberg's huge hit. Yes, huge hit. Goldberg's was the was the show show I worked on that was a hit show. I never that was my only show I worked on that was really a big one. Did you join it when it was a hit? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I came into it in season three, and it was already, you know, like the the highest rated show on ABC, and it was really fun, and it was ton of episodes and like huge staff and great cast and Mm. just sort of got to be inside one of these shows that are working you know so it was it was really fun oh man i know that <laughs> i know po- controversially politically it got a little weird at the end but i i thought the concept of that show was so I feel strong like everything gets controversial at the end now <laughs> like i don't know yeah they don't that. they don't let it end without it getting controversial <laughs> know, that's I true like, there's no way for things to end perfectly but yeah no it's nobody's it was, fault that's it funny. was it was a great uh it was a good experience for me that's funny. Yeah. Um, I just thought the concept of that show was so great. The fact that there were these tapes that somebody made when they were a kid and then were yeah. using them somehow. Do you remember the HBO show Dream On with Brian? Yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah. Nobody remembers that show. I'm that's, so impressed. That's one of the funniest shows ever. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It's where I found Wendy Malick. But the premise of that show was like he was living his life or whatever, but they kept throwing to these clips from his youth because that's how his mind worked. And uh, the idea was that they had this this big treasure trove of like it was hbo so they had access to all these all of this licensed material that they didn't have to pay for they were like well we could definitely use that um (laughs) the office now she represented a few people on the office which is maybe how you guys connected in the first place yes yes i i I feel like i 
She used to rep with Craig and Rain Wilson. Yes. <laughs> she used to have but, longer hair. Yes. Um, <laughs> big boobs. She's known for the big boobs. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I that was a thing that happened because I know BJ Novak for you know many years from Boston. Oh, so wow. we were, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends. We're friends. We always were doing comedy together. So he called me and said, hey, would you want to – I'm directing this episode. Will you play the host in the office um, in the game night episode? So I said, yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. That's how it happened. Yeah, that's how it happened. So you play uh, – you, you, oh, I got it. I see. Okay. That's very funny. Because it was, was up your – it's in your wheelhouse in anyway. In my wheelhouse. Yeah, to be the host guy. Oh, that's great. So the trivia, the trivia night was the episode. Um, but it was really fun. It was a really cool experience. I, uh, I'm going to embarrass myself just for a second and say <laughs> that I actually don't – I have not. I didn't watch The Office. Okay. And uh, Rain was here within the year, and uh, that was a very embarrassing episode for me because uh, he made a lot of references that I, of course, didn't get. <laughs> and but you lied and said you loved The Office, right? Totally. Yes. No, I was the opposite. I was the honest, which then, of course, made it a very interesting episode. But I don't know how entertaining it was because of blah blah blah. I don't want to do it again. Anyway, I don't really get the references. I bought the whole collection on iTunes afterwards because people said you got to watch this show, and I started watching it. And I'm still only watching, I've got the first season, which was really the British office, which okay. I did see because at those David E. Kelly days, the DVDs all made it around everyone's desk and yes. we all took them home for the weekend. Wow. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> did you like The Office when you went in? Were you already a fan? Obviously, yeah. you're friends on the show. Yeah, it was, it was such a cool show. Yeah, it was a really fun thing to be. It, it was a crazy time because I was actually writing on... Whitney and doing stand-up, so it was a little bit of a Ooh, crazy time where I left and ran and did it and came back. But yeah, no, it was a really fun time to be on it. You know, like they were all, it was like the glory days over there. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't know. The glory days of television, The Office, everybody it, knows that. It really was. Um, didn't they, they really shot that like in some warehouse in Van Nuys or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, deep in Van Nuys. And they would just shoot around it outside, yeah. So the outside that people saw in the show really is the building that you were shooting in? Yeah, I wasn't shooting in that building. I was shooting in a bar in uh, Studios, or Sherman Oaks. Oh, I get it. It's Trivia Night. Trivia See, again, night. I'm missing all the references. Yeah, it's Trivia really, Night. Gotta, They're all going watch, to a bar. You gotta watch all right, The Office, What dude? season? What season? Uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit the IMDb. No clue, point. no clue. When you walked in here, you asked, is this really the real stuff? Are you a Letterman guy? New York. Yes. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah. New Canaan. He lives in New Canaan. Um, my, I, he I used am, to, for sure. Yeah, I used to. Um, I am a big Letterman guy. I used to, My dad is obsessed with David Letterman, and he used to listen to the, the top ten list like every single night. He used to like, go to bed laughing at my dad laughing at David Letterman. Oh. And my dad saw him in New Canaan and went over to him and just said, hey, I've been watching your show since it was a, a morning show. Mm. And then David... That's a real fan. David Letterman said to my dad, it's time for you to reevaluate your life. <laughs> <laughs> so how cool is that? So yeah, so I love David Letterman. So how did you get this? How did you get the desk? Uh, it, it's the longest story in the world, but it's also really, really on short. The Late Show? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of interned there for a little bit while I couldn't get a real internship, so I started sneaking in and just taking an internship. I like it. True story. Like yeah. the Worldwide Pants has been here to like put it on tape because it's a weird ass story. Oh, I really? stole this microphone from from the theater one night when I when I <laughs> was a kid. <laughs> and you, oh my! God. And I went to his house the next Saturday, the one you're talking about in New Canaan. It's, he doesn't live there anymore, so I don't mind talking about it. And I returned a mic from my little high school show because when I was a, I was a nut in high school, I was doing this 
shit too. Here, look at the screen. That's me in high school at Wilton High School, by the way, in the Wilton High School little oh television studio. Oh my god, studio. you really have been doing this forever. Yeah, so I had that little mic, and I gave my, and at the end it ended up looking like that, exactly like that, and uh, I ended up giving that to Dave at his house on Saturday. And um, then he started using it on the show. Really? But I never told him that I was the one who took his, or so I just kept it. And until we started doing this show, that was a bit of a point of <laughs> have you seen him? shame. Uh, I have not seen him since that day at his house. Wow. Wow. But we're trying to both get him back here and tell that story in a larger way. Yeah. Uh, which is why Worldwide Pants was here. And I mean, you know all the players, right? So, like, Barbara Games was here. This was all recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. There's, a, there's literally a picture on the top of my Instagram that people are like, why would that be on the top of his Instagram? It's Jay and some people that nobody knows behind him. But to me, they're the biggest celebrities in the world because they're the EPs of Letterman. It's Walter Kim and Barbara Gaines. So wow. Are it's, they... Are they they're, um, Current his new current his new show. Uh, no, they're like Dave's EPs. Barbara Gaines been on. She's the longest staff member. She was a PA on the morning show. Oh my! I God. think she was hired as a teleprompter operator, and then they decided to go to cue cards, and they were like, "Well, we don't want to fire Barbara, so we'll make her a production assistant or something like that." Oh, <laughs> and wow. she's been there, and she was the EP at the podium on the last show, so she's been there the entire run. Wow, that's so cool. Um, and they still work the YouTube channel and all of the other worldwide pants entities that are going on. It's kind of weird that it's sort of back and that they're doing things again. That's so cool. I yeah. love it. Well, so how do you get the desk? When he retired, we reached out to a museum that had the stuff to see if we could either rent it for this event or, or borrow it and measure it and like replicate it or something like that. And then the event ended up not happening. And I told the museum as such. And then like a year later, maybe less than a year later, I got an email from the museum saying, hey... Is there still any interest in the Letterman assets because we're looking to make some room and need to make a new home for them? Now, keep in mind, I already have this. Yeah. It's like the dark crystal, right? Like, I have the shard. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then here's the whole crystal. So we said, uh, yes, actually, of course there's some interest. Uh, and we didn't know what the hell we would do with it yet. We didn't have a podcast yet or anything. We just yeah. were tr knew we were trying to tell this microphone story. And we were like, well, we have to, we have to get it. It was just offered to us. We have to say so yes. did you buy it? No. We just had to pay to have it picked up and shipped where was the museum queens oh wow so i mean i guess we bought it but i mean we didn't have to pay for it they He'll just transferred so the paperwork to see it don't you think i don't know it's the bill murray desk on the first night bill murray wrote dave across the front with spray paint and drew barrymore ha yeah. wished him a happy birthday on this one wow it's a little bit so cool so i don't know and now it's here <laughs> in the valley where it belongs <laughs> That part is still weird to me. Yeah. But versus sitting in a warehouse where it was for 20 years not being seen. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Now people like you get to come and geek out. Yeah. It's very exciting. Uh, were you a Letterman fan or was it really more your dad? No, I totally was. I oh. loved I loved Letterman. and uh, But my dad got me into it. But yeah. But you grew to be a professional host. Was that something that was like in you? Like I'm going to – I've got that personality. I'm going to be that guy. I don't know. I'm I think sort of that, that I was. I think it was just that I was a high energy comedian, so it seemed like an easy transition. So that's I started getting auditions for that stuff, and that just kind of became a thing to do. And it was easy for me to be me and talk to people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. They just looked at you and like you'd be good at this. I mean, you, you should do it. So then I started started trying to do it, and then I I did have my own version of this 
in like 2008 for College Humor called I Have to Go in a Minute Show. Oh. That I did with my friend Todd Charles Schulson, who's a really um, awesome director. And we shot a talk show that was like two minutes long. So I did like a one joke monologue, sat down, did like a, 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 a five second interview with someone, and then we did a man on the street. It was. It's hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. It was really funny. But it was so much work yeah. that we did. And it was like. Not a lot of money, but we just, you know, we were like just by ourselves in New York City and we were just doing it, working all, he was editing it, shooting it. Um, you know, they gave us You would budget. do all that in New York City, the man on the street and everything? All of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so great. It was fun. Yeah, we had a studio in Brooklyn that College Humor got us. Mountain Dew paid for it. Um, that's so much fun. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. Um, I had. Is it available anywhere now? It is not. Dang. I know. We need to figure out a way to get it back up. Is it a rights I, issue? We don't know. I Todd has them all. They're just not college humor. Sort of became a different thing. So, and it was like a commercial for Mountain Dew, and so then oh, we just kind of got it back. But, um, but yeah, but it was fun to do. I if I didn't have bangs during that time, early in the early aughts, and look like you know Justin Bieber or Pete Wentz during that time, <laughs> I probably would cut them all up and put them online. But I look so insane that it's not worth it. <laughs> I did the pictures that uh, are on IMDb for you very. Very greatly. Oh my God! Your looks so very greatly. I mean, there's kind oh, yeah. of a spiky look at one point. Yeah, spiky. Then I had the bangs. Then you know, I love like trends, and I've always been to clothes and stuff like that. So it's like I was always follow. My hair was always following the trends. <laughs> Learned <laughs> now that I probably should have kept it consistent, like how my hair is now throughout my time. But instead, I had these fucking insane photos and like when i was on comedy central i mean all, i need to burn all those tapes like what i mean between like the big wide diesel jeans and like the graffiti t-shirt and just like like hair gelled bangs i look psychotic it was in man yeah it was Everybody in did it, it was in it was uh. in but yeah so please check out my premium blend <laughs> there, oh, I remember Premium Blend. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. doesn't that show come back? That was it fun. Should. They should. Premium Blend and Comedy Central Presents. I did that. Um, some of the old Comedy Central specials are showing up on Apple TV now where you can buy them for $4.99 or oh, whatever. Really? We yeah. just bought uh, a Whitney one and, uh, and a, a Norm dumb. one. And what? The when the Mulaney one. And, and a John Mulaney one, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But there yeah, were the old... Town. That's a good comedy. That's one. what it yeah. was, exactly. Yeah, and then there's also, you know, one, one of the greatest Comedy Central half hours is Nick Swartzen's Comedy Central Presents. She repped him for... She probably still reps him, technically, of record. <laughs> <laughs> I think when Chesler he, says, who's your publicist? He goes, I don't know. I think it's still Shabbat. <laughs> what, what was... Which one is it? Um, it's... I don't know the name. It's just Nick, Comedy Central Presents Nick Swartzen. It was the first one he did, too. Okay. It was the first one. Did you work on that? No. Okay. Yeah. What's funny about it? Like, is it you characters, or is it just well, him doing no, stand-up? Well, it's, no, it's sort of like his famous special where he talks about, you know, his grandma, <gasps> Nicholas, and she's like, he picks up, I'm messing up a joke, but he, like, picks up a carton of milk, and she's like, you're so strong, Nicholas, like, stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, he's so funny. I mean, Is she still alive? His grandma? Yeah. I don't know. Uh -oh. I don't, I assume. Do you remember? Assume not. Wasn't it grandma? He was always... Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's grandma's His boy. His material was going to change once. Oh, I love that movie. That it's movie's a, hilarious. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. So I think... I don't know if his grandma's alive. That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever invited him to be here? Like, of all your old clients that I have been here, I don't think we've ever actually invited him. We should. I have not. We should. All right. Nick Schwartzman. <laughs> a lot of notes for tonight's episode. <laughs> Watch The Office. Watch The Book Office. Nick Schwartzman. Book. <laughs> Nick Schwartzman, yeah. Um... um but you've so you never did Letterman, but you've done late night talk show appearances yeah, as yeah. a guest. Too. Yeah, I did. I did Kilborn. I did um, uh, late late show Kilborn. 
Yeah, yeah. I worked on that for a spell. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I did. Um, that was the first thing I did. Then I did uh, Corden, Late Late Show. Nice. And then um, Seth Meyers. So I've done oh. those. Yeah. So I've Seth's done those great. shows. Yeah. Uh, Thirty Rock. Does that do anything for you, being the the antenna of to the world in the center of New York City? Yeah, it was is exciting. It, it felt. I, I did that show there like in December, so it was like Christmas time, and it was really intense energy. It was it was fun. I never like being in LA f- for most of like my you know twenties and my when I really was doing the most with my career in the beginning of it. Like it wasn't like the I, I think a lot of New York comics it's that's that's all they want is the 30 Rock thing mm-hmm. and like for me it still is like a special magical place but it wasn't a thing that I was like striving for like so many other comics I think in New York you know you, it's like you knew exactly what I was asking yeah, yeah for sure for me it's still the oh it's the antenna to the world it's like this weird godlike building of oh I want to work in there and I started in that building by the way that's yeah. line and stuff. but I'm like I want to go back I want to go back yeah, yeah you gotta so go back. bizarre uh, I wonder why it's special to some people and not to others it's still so special i mean if you're a fan of show business you know and tv and comedy it's an amazing place history yeah history yeah that's what's so cool that's what i love about the lots and stuff here it's like you know i love like i always people always make fun of me, like i like lo- i'm like a big fan of show business so like i love like driving onto a lot you know doing the all back these things all the back that, line, yeah. all that stuff yeah it's so fun for me all right, so we do align in that. Are you a nerd? Like, are you a nerd outside of... I wouldn't say I'm a nerd. I feel like the well, how nerd... how about this? What makes a nerd? Maybe well, we'll do that. Well, I feel like the nerd thing has gotten overdone, where it used to be like like when people... Like, I'm a big collector of things, you know? Ah. So, like, I have, like, a lot of vintage T-shirts. I have a lot of sneakers. That was sort of, like, the beginning of my, like, collecting, like, 20-plus years ago. I started, like, getting very into sneakers. But then the sneaker world has become oversaturated and it's become sort of like a way that people could just buy sneakers now is sort of like a a flex as the kids say where it's like it used to be a thing where you would go you'd be online you would you know it. about it yes now with social media and like just sort of celebrity culture and pop culture being just one thing it's very easy for people to know like what is a thing that someone has that is worth something mm. and i think like what was cool about sneakers is that in the beginning, it was very hard to know, like, what was coming out. You had to be a big fan of, like, the specific sneakers. You had to know, like, what, you know, exactly the silhouette that Andre Agassi was wearing during the, You know, like, all this stuff was very interesting, and I loved it. And now I feel like it's gotten people – why I'm saying this about what you're saying is that I feel like people are now like, are you a sneaker nerd? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Totally. I like sneakers. I have lots of sneakers, but I've, like, gone through phases. I've sold them all. Like, my dream is to do that with cars. Right. You know, <laughs> that would be my that would be my dream. Way more expensive, though. I was going to bring that up, though. People are doing that with cars, and it is a flex now. But to, to the sneaker thing, it used to be, seems like, oh, that was a collecting thing that was more knowledge-based than money-based. Yeah. Yes, they cost whatever they cost, but to your point where you were saying, like, you had to know what time to be at undefeated for a drop for yeah. what special thing. And it wasn't about just having the amount of money to shell off. Yeah. And get or just like Jordan. you go on stock X and you can immediately get this thing that was so hard to get, you know, where yeah. it's like, it used to be the thing where you would just get it if you could get it. So you had to actually, like, I remember waiting online for like the, the, the grapes, the Jordan fives, which like, you know, the purple tongue, the fresh prints wore. Yeah. Like I drove to like deep, deep, 
like La Tijera. And I was waiting online at 6 a.m. for these shoes. And these guys pull up behind me and they're like, man, I can't believe people brought burners to get their sneakers. And I was like, uh, what's a burner? And the guy's like, yo, everyone's got guns. What do you mean, what's a burner? And I was like, I'm out of here. And I left. But like, that was the kind of things that I, that, that's harder to do than clicking on StockX. You know? uh, yeah. So, so anyways, I, I still absolutely like love sneakers, appreciate sneakers, especially for the nostalgia aspect, but I don't, I'm not chasing like the hype beast shoes and stuff like that. Cause I just, don't, right. I feel like they've sort of ruined it. Even though I still love it. It's like they've ruined it. Well, they have ruined it. Yeah. It's that's why it. I like vintage shirts because I feel like not everyone is aware of them. You for know, now till for you now. talk about it and then a few more people do. And then all of a sudden that gets ruined too. Then you pull back. I know. Yeah, what, what, why, what is that? It's there, there's a weird, I was like that with celebrities when I was a kid. I really liked certain people, but then the moment they blew up, like oh, whenever I like Chris Rock because I wore the tape out of "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," right. and he was like, "How much for order of ribs?" I don't yeah. even know if you know what I'm talking yes, about, but I, I loved exactly that movie as a kid. A and then movie. Chris Rock becomes fucking worldwide. She repped him too, <laughs> like the biggest freaking comic out there. And I was like, "Well, I mean, I guess," but to me, he'll always be the rib guy from the thing, and I yeah, lost yeah. interest. No, Chris Rock's Bring the Pain special, like, I feel like when I think about specials that made me want to become a comedian, like, that is a special that I remember. Like, I remember, like, the feeling of, like, my parents' gray leather couch against my back watching that special being like, oh, my God, this is the craziest, funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Ever. How um, old were you at that point? I was, that was like 96, mm -hmm. that special, so I was probably 14 or 15. Oh, impressionable age, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, I love, yeah, so I love him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, I'm sorry. I'm the word that is. That wasn't supposed to be about Chris Rock at all. <laughs> it was supposed to be, be about, about how lose, losing interest in the trends once they become popular. Yeah, that's, that, that's the truth of that. That's what it is. You know, it's like a constantly, so you're constantly trying to find like unique interests, you know? Yes. Cause you don't want, I've you just carved don't want a little niche here. You just don't want to share interest with someone who's lame, you know, like that's. <laughs> That's the crux of it. That's the problem. Oh, but that's a tricky thing. <laughs> it's a tricky no, thing. We're, oh, we're all such judgy, judging judgersons. It's true. It's true. Because you're right. I don't want to like it if he likes it. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I also sure am like, hey, him. I liked it first, you know? Mm. But I will say, like, I, like, you're a big Porsche guy, like a big car guy, which I love watching no. and seeing. See, this is where I would have said that back in the day. But now, when you sidle up next to somebody at a cocktail party and they go, Oh, you're a car guy? And I go, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I don't the last think thing I, I want to do is talk about it. I like enjoying it. I don't want to, oh, well, how many horsepower are you? Oh, I just got mine waxed. Holy shit. Right, yeah, Can't yeah. Can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. I, um, <laughs> but okay. Well, you're like, oh, well, that's what I was going to talk about. No, no, I wasn't going to talk about that, but, but I, I was saying that I feel like I'm just like, it getting into it you know like i don't feel like i'm someone who's i wouldn't call myself a car guy just like i'm so into it i love watching all the instagrams like figuring well, everything out but you try all right let's back it up you drive a cool car what's your car 911 a 992 yes a new one yeah, yeah i found out about you through my friend reggie who goes oh i met another comedian who drives a 992 <laughs> and i saw him at a show and he seemed really cool so i invited him to the thing <laughs> <laughs> this is my not this is like my introduction to you yeah so but i love reggie through watts. reggie watts yeah. yeah 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 we were on a college humor tour together like in 2007 and uh, we've we had a really fun time i love him and i saw him obviously when he did the late show but he's 
He's he's the greatest. I mean, he's one of the most talented people ever. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, uh, his brain excites me in every in every way. Like he has he's two just... cars. He has he has the electric Porsche, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's well, got the Late Late Show. Reggie Watts had two cars. I don't know what he's doing now. I know right. he's working his ass off on the road, probably to keep those cars because that's the responsible thing to do. And I know he wants to keep both yes. those cars. But yeah, we've yeah. also had the conversation of like. Hey, man, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I should keep all these cars. Well, I mean, I definitely, logistically for my life, my car makes zero sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't really? know. TV writer, you're out here, out on the coast, having a few laughs? No, no. That that part of my life is fine, but I also have, like, three kids. You can't fit three kids in that car. <laughs> I forgot. You're right. You're a whole family. I'm a whole family. Oh. No, no. Career-wise, it's the perfect car. Like, driving <laughs> a comedy magic club, hoping, yes. hoping to run into Jay Leno. I know he's been here. But, like, you know, I'm... I love all that, you know, trying tr- trying to meet Spike or Jerry while I'm parking. Like, that would be my dream. But trying to, like, go to, like, trying to carpool, like, no one's coming. I'm like, get away from my car. Everyone get away from my car. I have a two-year-old. She's never going to be in this car. She's never going to go She'll in the car. She'll never even see she's it. She's never going to see it. She like By the time she's old enough to go in the car, I would have already probably sold it. <laughs> Because I need a station wagon. <laughs> That's what I need. Well, how are you with the Tycons? I mean, there's no comparison to a 911, so you really can't compare anything. But what about a like a Tycon Gran Turismo wagon? They're pretty cool, right? <laughs> They're pretty cool, but I feel it's like... not you. I don't know. I, 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 I would do it if my wife put, put a gun to my head, which is probably soon. But like... <laughs> But I would like to be able to just drive that car around and then sometimes take the other car. Is your uh, is your 911 uh, automatic or I mean uh, manual or PDK? It's PDK. Okay, and what color? Black. Okay, uh, black interior too. Yep. Oh, you it's a perfect car for the industry. Gee whiz, <laughs> <laughs> that is the Hollywood executive car of the ages. <laughs> a black on black 911. Uh, it's hardtop though, right? It's coupe. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that's some street cred there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I also what the, made you buy that car? I have the dual exhaust uh, package too, which is pretty cool. Oh, the sports chromo package. Oh, that's very nice. So that's fun. Did you buy yours? Did you spec it new? I specced it new with my friend Aram, who's a who is a car guy. So I was looking. Basically, here's my car story. I had a <laughs> A7 during the pandemic. Right. Oh, that's a great before, car. Before before the pandemic, I was like my car. I love that car so much. Then during the pandemic, that's what uh, Uncle Brad had that really long. Looks like a coupe, but it's a sedan. But it's yeah, really I love long. it. It's Swoopy. super long. It was so cool. I had that car, and I was like, I love this car so much. Then the pandemic happens. My my friend's like, you got to sell your car. All the cars numbers are going to drop. And I was like, okay. Oh so no! So then I, I that's a terrible advice. I know. Well, it was in the beginning. Like no one was really sure what was going on. Okay. So then we. So then. So then I I sell this car, and then I'm like, I'm just going to wait until the car prices drop, and I'm going to get a cool car. And then I was very wrong. Meanwhile, this friend, like, flips cars, sells cars. That's kind of his hobby. You know, like, he just does it all the time. He was selling, like, the, R- the RS. Like, he was, he was selling so all So if you stuff. stay active, you don't win, really, or lose money on Right. He, he just, just keeps on going, going, you know. Right. And then meanwhile, I don't have a car. <laughs> I'm freaking out. And the prices out. are going Prices are going up. And then I'm looking, and we're trying to, like, and then I really want, I always wanted to get like the Porsche, like I, I always wanted that car, you know? So that I was like looking around, it was getting impossible. The prices were out of control. I mean, they're there and they're still out of control even yeah. more now, but they yeah. were just getting out of control. So then I was like, let's just, so then he was like, we should, the only way to do it is just to, to spec it out and figure it out. And then, and there was like a year wait, you know? Yeah. So we just did it. And in my mind, I was like, I'm just not going to get it when I, when it comes, you know, I'll just, I'll just bail. I'll get scared. Sell the allocation kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I'll get scared and bail. 
and then I, he went with me and I didn't. And then the best oh, you have part. To do is see it, right? I know. The best part was that as I was driving back, I sent a picture to my wife and she texts me as I'm driving on the 101 from Woodland Hills. She goes, It's only two doors. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so, anyways, um, that's my uh, that's my car story. But you've had it for at least a year, or yeah, so, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like going away tomorrow. No, 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 I got it. Yeah, I got it in like January. So it's oh, no, it's really it's, it's very new. new. You're yeah, only yeah. approaching your first year. Yeah, yeah, twenty six hundred miles. Was the um, oh, you're not driving it at all. <laughs> <laughs> not like you guys. <laughs> Was the um, for some people like the nine eleven is sort of a bucket listy type of thing or a like man one day you know whatever was was it ever a milestone for you or was it just like man I want to have a Porsche yeah it was kind of that way it was it was like a you know I feel like just honestly with like Seinfeld and all these great comedians that I love that you know it's always they've always had them I always wanted what I always talked about it yeah. so that's why I did it yeah, yeah. Shanling even back in Shanling days yeah. Was he anything for you? Was he special to I you? Love, He's so special him. to me. Yeah, yeah. He, I never met him, but I love, I, I loved his show so much, and yeah, it was great. He was. He yeah, was I, I remember. Just, I was watching his, his comedians' cars with Seinfeld is like one of the best ones I've watched like a thousand times. I agree with you, and yeah. so have we. Do I, we can't be the only ones who feel that way, right? Like no, that's like an excellent it. episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh that episode in particular. Yeah. yeah. No, not the show. The show's great. <laughs> no, no, I met Gary Shandling. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I met him a handful of times, but it was always very brief, and just. It's, he was just Gary Shandling. Yeah, it's greatest. Um, is there any, who are your influences? Like who did mean something to you? Like who was your dad had Letterman? Who who? who I mean, I your... loved I loved Seinfeld. Um, you know, re, like during that time when I was growing up, like Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, all these people, you know, yep. were like such huge inspirations to me. Um, and that's what I was doing and loving. And honestly, I watched a lot of. Um, any evening of the improv and that oh, was too. really what kind of got me inspired not even from comedians that i know their names today but just i was just seeing it over and over again like every weekend i'd be like this is so cool and watching guys the like, work right yeah watching the work and then the guys like barry sobel when he was at the top of his game when i was like 16 or something you know so he'd come out I remember there was one joke one bit he'd done the a-list when who knows that was 99 i mean 1990 or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he came out and just did his punchlines he was like that famous as a comedian he used to punch lines. i remember that being really cool <laughs> yeah so i was into all i was into just all of comedy and i still am like i love just love just love it yeah i love watching it i love doing it i love being around comedians how often do you go up well last year um i went on tour with john mulaney which was really fun oh, so wow. i went on that a year-long tour with him, um, and just in the states or everywhere. Everywhere, wow. we went around the world, and wow. um, and I didn't go to the Australia leg, but I did all like he did all the I did the, all the arenas with him. Mm. It was really fun. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, it must be it kind was, of fun. Yeah, it was <laughs> nerve-wracking. I would imagine, but it must be kind yeah, of fun to was, be able to play an arena. It was nuts. Madison Square Garden Forum. You play the gar- both of those are insane. Yeah, it was it was really really a fun time. So when I would come. Back from that, I was like in such in the comedy zone that I was performing a lot in LA, and I still do. So I'm now, I would say, you know, th- at least three times a week I'm going up and out. That's active. Yeah, and I do a monthly show at Largo, um, which is really fun in Hollywood. Yeah, area. love yeah, Largo. Yeah, yeah. What's the show? It's called Dan Levy and Colleagues. It's just me and a. Oh, bunch we have of to guests. come to that. You guys have point. to come. What 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 day of the week? The next one's December fourth. It's going to be a Hanukkah extravaganza. So Ooh, get ready. Ooh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really fun. We've had like amazing um, guests drop in. Um, to it's a great, a great theater. Yeah, 
Adam Sandler came into the show. It was, it was, it's been fun. Those guys all, um, they love that room, that theater, yeah. too. It's a great, it's a great venue. You mentioned both um, Adam Sandler and I don't know if you said Farley before. You said somebody else from that same, yeah, from that same era. Spade, all those guys. Was SNL ever aspirational for you at all? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I thought, of, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I just <laughs> I'm never. Just That's the Thirty Rock thing again. You know what I mean? Yeah, to, yeah, to me, yeah. uh, um, th- th- all of the shows that were in that building are like extra special for some reason. Yeah. And Saturday Night Live just was magical. Just and the Rosie made... O'Donnell show too. That, I used to I worked that. on that. Are, how do you? Are you serious? Yeah, I love that show. Uh, you're blowing my mind now. Nobody even remembers that show existed with the Koosh Balls and everything. That was the I, biggest I, show I was ever. There. Yes, I, I worked on that. <laughs> that was one of the biggest shows. With Daniel Kellison, who was uh, a producer from Letterman. Right. Yeah, I know Daniel Kellison. He produced this thing I did called um, Baby Talk with uh, that company that he was working on with. Jash. Jash. With Reggie and Sarah yeah, Silverman and everybody. all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Small world. I can't believe we have never, like, I, I can't believe it took cars to get us to bump into each I other. know. I know. It's so funny what are you working on now are you like do you do development for your own stuff you said you've sold your own sitcoms yeah i just am now i recently shot a pilot with um natasha legero called um roast my house where we walk around open houses and make fun of them hilarious because i also love houses hilarious (laughs) so we we did a show during the pandemic called comedians on couches House Hunters Comedians on Couches, where we made fun of House Hunters with comedians on Zoom. And it was really fun, and we loved doing it. And then I did a live show where we went on Zill listings. So Natasha and I just like, love doing house stuff together. So yeah. we shot this really fun show for Comedy Central. We're waiting to see if we're going to make the show. So, it sounds like a funny premise. It's I feel very like funny. We, we, we had Chelsea Peretti and Little Rel in the pilot. I mean, it, it, it's great. So I, that, 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 that's very exciting. And then I'm developing a bunch of sitcoms, like I'm working on a sitcom for HBO, I'm working on animated show, I'm working on various different so things. So you are constant development behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, exactly. you're so active. That's awesome. I'm trying. I'm trying to be active. <laughs> trying to keep this car. You know, they say you got to be active. <laughs> uh, ha- ha- I mean, the strike has affected everyone. At least the WGA portion is wrapping up. Um, yeah. Hopefully the SAG one will too, and everyone can just, you know, get back to work. Has it affected you in any way? Oh, yeah. Like I had, yeah, for sure. Because I was in the, sort of on the... I don't know even what you say. I was just like like on the one yard line for like a bunch of different things, and five months went by, and just like you know, two things have been completely. I got called in the middle of the, the strike. That was like, hey, that thing you're working on is dead. You that know, went like, away. Yeah, it went away. So that 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 affected me in a big way, and also just just I feel like everyone has their own thing, but obviously like, you know, specific projects that you get paid for have gone away, but also the momentum lost was such a bummer for me because. Everything is momentum in show business. So it's like when something is hot, it's going, it's going, it's going. And as soon as you stop that, it's like, okay, now everyone, let's recalibrate, come back. Is everyone even still working at these networks anymore? Like what's going on? And then start. So that for me, that's what was um, hard. The sports analogy you used is really good. I was at the one yard line. And it's like it takes so much work to get to the one yard line. You can't just pick it up again five months later. Exactly. And a lot of people didn't go back to the job they had in the business. Yeah, that's right. So – so convoluted right now. And then yeah. it seems to me that w- even if it was the same people at the same network or studio, or whatever, the way business is conducted has changed dramatically, both yeah. during the, uh, you know, whatever, the quarantine period. And then also it seems like the, the strike as well. Yeah. It seems like we're getting into the next whatever of yeah. the business, the next incarnation. Yeah. Like what what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Don't a lot of people me. say it's going to be things like this. You know, it's like going to be. You know, people who are producing their own stuff, making their own stuff, 
that's sort of going to be the part of the future. You know? When we started this, like we were, I mean, this was Kramer's apartment, like for sure. But nowadays, everybody I know has one of these. Yeah. Like Whitney has one of these. I mean, oh, everybody yeah. I know has one, has one of these in their house or their garage. Yeah. It's very cool. I, this is one of the best ones I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. That's what I was looking for. I love it. <laughs> You're love hilarious. It. <laughs> uh, what part of, well, you maybe don't want to say that on the air. Are we? Do we live near one another? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, yeah. So driving on the hill is convenient for you. Yeah. Do you yeah. go up other times, not on Fridays? Um, no, I've only gone once. That day that I that was my sort of day. met you was yeah. That was the first. Oh day. my gosh! I, I didn't know. I I was had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I Byron told me there's lots of turns. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, you know, there was like a Corvette behind me at one point that was like, Vroom. I was like, I don't know where I'm doing. And you, you always say, um, respect the crest. And then I get a little stressed by like, you know, finding out people fly off that crest. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I'm just like, well, know. that's why we respect it because we've had friends die on it. I know. So yeah. I don't want to die. So, so, I'm <laughs> so I'm trying to drive carefully. I'm not, I, I'm, I went to, I did the Porsche experience and I, that was crazy. And in a 911. In a in a GT3 Ooh. and a turbo. S. Oh, you did a few of them. Yeah, so we drove around, and I did the launch mode in the Turbo S, and I went so fast that I got nauseous, had to get on the car and drink ginger ale. <laughs> now, I've heard of people making their passengers sick. You, the driver, made yourself sick. Yeah. Because oh, I never wow. raced on a track before, so I was like racing around the track, and then they're like, "You want to do launch mode?" I was oh, like, "Sure." I see. It was all the motion, <laughs> all of those G's and different things, the axes. You're not used to splashing your brain yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. The G force. Then... That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the guy said. Said he's like, he's like, "Are you okay?" The G force is pretty intense. But I was like, lateral... "Oh, really?" Going 134 miles an hour for 25 <laughs> seconds. It's like <laughs> it was it was nuts. I got it. Yeah. So but you splashed was... your brain around. A little yeah, bit. splashed my brain around a little bit, but it was very fun. I want to do it. Now I want to go again, just take Dramamine and just be ready for it, you know? Yeah. I think you would. I think you wouldn't need anything now that you know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, you'd I, be fine. Yeah. That was, and I did a l- little bit of the, the manual action too, you know, which was fun. What does um, that mean? You know, the paddles. Oh, you started using the paddles? Yeah. <laughs> the manual action, I got it. Uh, there's no judgment there. No I judgment know. there. I All do, of the race cars. I do want to learn how to drive stick shift. I don't know how to drive stick shift. Well, I mean, you spent some time in Boston and then Los Angeles. I can understand not yes, doing can, the whole. Yeah, yeah. See, I was right on Route 7, so I used to bust up to Lime Rock all the time. And just figure it out. Well, I just always, I was just a driver. I loved cars from that early age. Yeah, so, yeah. like, my first car was manual because I insisted on it. Oh, wow. My dad was like, you don't want a standard transmission car. I was like, no. He's like, no, you have to shift that all the time. I was like, no, I know. <laughs> Everyone says that your car is the car, though. Like your thank you. Your car is the the greatest. Like took a lot of work. Dom to said that your your uh, your your car is the the best Porsche he's ever driven. I have to. This all the credit goes to TLG, obviously, right? Because mm-hmm. TLG built our car. So shout out to TLG. But um, I think really just it comes down to people are surprised when they drive it because it sort of just looks like a regular nine nine seven from the outside. I think when people modify their cars, most people kind of start with like, oh, the looks. Like put the GT three front and the the wing on it and all the other stuffs and you know fancy wheels and whatever and we kind of didn't do any of that stuff so i think people kind of just think it's a normal one and then they get in it and it drives not like a normal one and maybe that's where the surprise and praise comes from right but tlg did do you one drive hell of fast i mean it's all relative right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to answer that question i don't think so okay she looked at me 
Well, because again, it's all relative. You I guys mean, are if, flying if, around the country. I mean, uh, eleven thousand one hundred miles in thirty-one days. But we we had a lot of down days there. We did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it probably faster than you. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah probably more more comfortable with it then. Yes. Yes. Like, what's your average speed on the crest? Oh, I don't know. Fifty-five. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somewhere in there. How fast has this car gone? Ever? Yeah, like how fast <laughs> have you gotten it to go? I don't know. I don't think Porsches are electronically limited like BMWs and such. Uh, I don't know. Uh, pretty fast. Yeah. I definitely have gone faster in the yellow car than we've gone in uh, any of the BMWs because of not having that speed limit thing. Right. Um, I don't know. But I bet you. I bet your car is way faster in in every possible way. It's just that. What we're chasing is this old-fashioned sort of analog experience, and yours is like a brand-new computer spaceship that'll just bend <laughs> physics. Because <laughs> if you had the balls to do it, your car could go around turns that would melt your face off, but you don't have the ability as a driver. Like, I'm not that good either. Yeah. But our cars, the physics of what they can handle is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. The turbos are really bonkers. Have don't you ever driven that, a turbo, you... like like Reggie's Turbo? Or... Well, I, on, on the... Oh, yeah, right, on the thing. Yeah, yeah. Did, was, it, was that the one in launch control? Yeah. No wonder. That's like punching you right in the chest. It was crazy. You have to be ready for it. It's like, what, 2.9 seconds or something yeah. stupid? It was nuts. Yeah, Reggie's car is awesome. He has like that brown suede interior. Very nice. I love it. I love it. Although I was driving, like I, like I was like, I don't let anyone go in my car, and I was driving on a Sunday. I, this one, yeah, this one, first, not first time, but I was DMing you trying to find someone who could help me. But I was driving, I had my, 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 my I got my coffee mug. Oh, you're, oh, yeah. And I go, I go, oh, should I bring my coffee in the car? Nah, it's fine. So I put it, in, I put it in like the mm. tiny little fucking holder thing. I'm sitting there. I'm on Laurel Canyon. It's a beautiful Sunday. I, do you how many I feel like this should be like the game show with the, eh, eh, eh. I feel three X's so far in this conversation yeah. and then uh, coffee in the car I'll use that cup holder that little cup holder I'll hit Laurel Canyon I'll hit Laurel Canyon <laughs> and it's so nice outside I put all the windows down and I'm like oh this is I felt so good forgot Living I life. had the coffee hit the accelerator the coffee mug went flying like uh, I need to show. Give me this. Let me show you. And this is the coffee mug, right? This is the coffee mug. It was in the case. I, I saw it like this. Slow motion. <laughs> I'm looking at it like, no, 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 no. I see it crash against my seat, pop open. All the coffee comes out. Starts pooling in the black leather seat. I'm like, ah! I start screaming. I am screaming at no one because it's my and fault. And the windows are open. <laughs> and then I pull over. I run to a store. I'm like, I need napkins. And they're like, is everything okay? And I was like, no. It's insane. Fully insane. All right. Well, we did it. I can sum all of this up and change your life with one simple thing you might not want to do because it's not as polished as your car is. But I can change your life for having a beverage in your 911. Okay. Get yourself a roll of gaff tape, put that on the floor, and it's the best coffee hold holder in the history of the world. This sticks to the carpet because of the tape. Duct tape will work, too. Any tape like this. Duct tape or gaff tape sticks to the carpet, holding it in place, and then your apparatus, whatever, fits in there just perfect, and it can't go anywhere. This is why I'm here. 
but it's this free. It's not, a, it's not a $25, $30 solution like most people want or a $100 solution. You know, you can't order it off of line. You just go get yourself a roll of tape. It sticks to the end. It's not permanent. You can move it when your wife gets in the car or whatever. Okay. But I'm it works it. You. perfectly. And the other thing, secret for drinks in the car, low center of gravity, people. Put them on the floor. <laughs> Duh. You're right. Yeah, My yeah. friend spilled- I know That's why I was so stressed out because I wanted to bring coffee to the coffee and cars meetup, but I yeah. didn't know I couldn't do it. Oh, a box is the way to go on that. The box yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the trunk. And we'll always take extra because we bring a box of donuts and coffee every week, but it needs we need more than that yeah. for everybody. Uh, yeah, so there's this and that. Very Ta-da. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. I had a friend who used to sp- bring Dunkin' Donuts. Every time he'd come and visit, he'd bring Dunkin' Donuts because that was the thing. We're East Coast friends. Yeah. And he would spill it each and every time. And I was like, what is wrong with you that you, every single time, Every yeah. single time you spill the coffee, he's like, I don't know, I just put it there on the seat and whatever. I go, you put it there on the seat every single time. And it spills every single time and you've never once changed your ways. <laughs> oh, my God. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, gosh. Um, what haven't we talked about? You're so interesting. I could talk to you like for days and days and days. Let's oh, be friends you. after this. Let's do it. We are friends. <laughs> I've been forcing this friendship for months. <laughs> It's 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 weird. The car the car uh, world is weird. Some of the coolest, nicest people, um, and some of my best friends in the world, we have met in the last six or seven years since we've you know become these car people. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, I met I just met some really cool people just even going there for the day. Um, I do Matt with that uh, Ferrari. The 1988 Ferrari that then broke down last weekend. Oh, that was uh, actor. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt Long. Yeah, Matt Long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that car's cool. Uh, his is actually a 328, I think. It looks yeah, like a 308. Is it an 88 though? But Probably. It's a 328 yeah. and yeah, an 88. That's super cool. Super it looks cool. like a Magnum car. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. But I did think when he was saying that it's like very hard to keep up that I was like, this is a far place to go without cell service. <laughs> and then I saw him with the tow truck. How'd you guys get the tow truck there? Um, luckily, it happened down at the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, it happened down. He was almost out. Almost out. And then the interesting thing, he didn't know this too, but uh, the the shell station at the bottom uh, on the Sunland side actually services Ferrari. Oh, wow. Like there's always a, a Modena sitting in the garage. They're always smogging a Ferrari or whatever. So like if there's ever an issue for the Italians at GBBC, um, go down the back way or at least, you know, call that 76 and maybe you can get whatever your problem is fixed on the way home instead of Wow. Sometimes a, t- a tow for a Ferrari has just got to suck, period. Oh you know what I mean? Because you got to get it to the shop and the whole bit. It's not... So stressful. And like he was talking a about... A classic that. like that too? Yeah, I know. And he has kids also in there. He's always like, get away from the car. Like I, I would be so stressed. If, like the tow truck guy who does not give a shit. It's like... Oh. Yeah, like... oh my God. My Magnum car. <laughs> Higgins, help me. What 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 shows did you watch? Like I'm trying to figure out what your where your personality comes from. What shows did you watch as a kid? I watched um, a lot of sitcoms. You know, I yeah. watched TGIF. I watched Home Improvement. Yep. I loved Home Improvement. I watched Full House. I loved Full House. I was into all those shows. Yeah, so that helped you develop the skills to then write for some of those shows. I don't know if that's true, but I definitely was like influenced by them. Fresh Prince. Like I wasn't really. Th- I mean, I guess it's true in a way, but I wasn't thinking about it when I was watching it you know I was just I'm researching like for my role as a writer one day on one yeah. of these shows yeah I was just sort of doing it but um but yeah no I I really um was just I like would be excited each week to watch I remember like being excited to watch TV each week you know like yeah. a new episode me too Martin I love Martin I loved Martin too yeah yeah um I don't know if you know this but Bentley Evans 
the showrunner from Martin is up at GBBC a lot too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like a, I, I, I'm kind of, I, I nerd out like he's a celebrity to me, even though he's a producer behind the scenes that nobody knows what he looks like. I'm like, that's Bentley Evans from Martin. <laughs> oh, you got to point him out next time I go. I worked on uh, uh, Everybody Hates Chris, and we mm-hmm. had Tashina Arnold on as the mom, and to me it was the same thing. I was like, that's fucking from from Martin. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> All right, so these shows helped uh, form you for sure. How much of your career has been like, uh, all right, this is where I want to go and I'm going to get there versus I'm just saying yes to opportunities and they've taken me places? I think like I've just been sort of always just so focused since I'm like, my my bar mitzvah theme was stand-up comedy. So it's like I've been wanting to do this for so long that it's just this is all I've ever wanted to do is like comedy and show business and all of it. So I've just been sort of following that that light, you know, so it's just been sort of the stand up led to like TV writing, led to producing TV shows. You know, when, when, when I had my own sitcom a couple of years ago, what was it called? It was called Indebted, it was on NBC. Okay, and when I was doing that show, I was like running it, I was writing it, um, and I had this amazing cast, and then we had this live audience, you know. So, like, for me, that was sort of like everything coming together, you know, right? Because it was that sort of instant, um, gratification of stand up jokes immediately, you know, yeah. um, the just being around funny people all day, amazing actors. It was a really fun experience. It was very stressful, but it was fun. So I feel like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing something like that again. So you know exactly how Whitney felt. Yeah. You said earlier, you're like, oh, I don't know how she felt during that time. You know exactly how yeah, she felt. Yeah, but I wasn't on my show. She was she was on the show and she was being oh, attacked. Oh, I see. She was being attacked, like, you know, how she looked, like all that kind I, of stuff where where I on the sh- on the indebted show, I was I was on in I, I put myself in the show as like a funny thing as cousin Dan, but I wasn't like the star, the face of the show. Got it. Was, like, it. Adam Pally and Fran Drescher and Steven Weber and all, all of them. So Oh, I, was, I loved that show. That yeah, was a great show. Thank you. It was canceled. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, Stephen Weber and Fran Drescher, that was a great combo. Yeah, the cast the was chemistry awesome. was it awesome. It was so fun. It was a lot of fun. Wow. Uh, oh, you know what? And then there was other things from the IMDb, too, speaking of which. Uh, Enlightened. I actually enjoyed that show as well. That was the Laura, oh, Dur- yeah. the Laura Dern vehicle, right? Yes. that was. I was a very small role on that show. I thought I, they were actually trying to do something like The Office a little bit. They were trying to have some people in The Office that would be like kind of like comedic people so me and my buddy were doing that but we were not we were edited severely out of that show oh <laughs> which really makes sense because it wasn't necessarily it's like not that kind of show. It's no. not that kind of show but we were like you know we had bits we like did stuff with like nerf guns and stuff I, they were probably like this is not the show <laughs> but i appreciated it i love mike white <laughs> that's hilarious uh you have done the uh you know mike white i've worked with them yeah there you go there you go um, you did the What the Fuck with Mark Marin podcast. That's like the podcast yeah. in the world as far as I'm concerned. I know people, Joe Rogan and everything. I still think What the Fuck. Yeah. No, Mark Marin is the first one to do it. You know, he yeah. was the guy. I mean, I guess Rogan started this around the same time, but though, for, yeah, that, that Mark For that Marin type podcast, of show. Yeah, he's the great. I mean, he's great. How was that? Did you go to the garage and all that? Yeah, yeah I did it. I did the whole thing. I mean, I've known Mark, you know, from stand-up throughout the years, so it was fun to sit down and just talk to him about everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's great. Good interviewer. I really liked it. But he did it from his garage, right? I don't know if he still does, but like Well, this was the- this was when he moved. So he was in his new house, so it was like in oh, his I office. See. I got you. It was sort of set up like this. Does he still do it? Oh, you yeah. Know? He does? Okay. Yeah, he still does it. I don't know what you do. After you get Letterman and Obama, I don't know what... I mean, who else do you talk <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, that month. Me again? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> and returning again for his third appearance. <laughs> uh, dude, Jeopardy? You were a real contestant on Jeopardy? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Were you a je- contestant on Jeopardy? Never. Really? Yeah. Is that on your IMDb as self? No. Is it a joke? No. It might. It, Did I look at the wrong thing? Unless Dan Levy was on Jeopardy, I don't think he was. Holy shit! That didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Unless he sometimes sometimes our credits get mixed up, but I don't know. I don't think he was on Jeopardy. They're spelled the same too, right? It's both. It's just pronounced differently. Yeah, yeah. Levy and Levy. Levy and Levy. Yeah. It's hilarious. That must happen a lot. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I have to do jokes. I've done so many jokes about it. It's like really. Oh yeah, it's so funny. I mean, we're friends because a lot of times we will get emails sent to each other for different things. He'll sometimes different offers. Just no, just like emails, just like random emails. And sometimes he'll he's done like he's voice memoed himself, but sent to me being like, "I'm parking on P two, like stuff like that." You know, <laughs> so it's fully ridiculous, but it's hilarious. I mean, we and there there was one time last year we were both sitting at the same hotel and. Basically, the hotel, the the person at the hotel desk brain exploded. They were so I've, confused. They could have. They're like, like, "Aren't you already here?" Oh my god! It was so funny. So we met up and had a beer and talked about it. And it always happens. Like Little he'll he'll mind. text me and be like, "Hey, are you in? Are you in Vegas?" I'm like, "No." And he's like, "There's another Dan Levy here." <laughs> and I was like, "A we got, third." I was like, "We got oh, there's so many." Of course, there's like a thousand. I did a show with Brett. Um, Brett, uh, Brett. What's his name? Can't help. I, I would from, love to throw you a lifeline. Gavin Dead Lasso. It doesn't matter. Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. I was wow. like Greenstein. But Brett, Brett Goldstein does a really funny joke about how in, in England, he Brett Goldstein is like an exotic name. And in, in LA, that's everyone's name. You know. So I said to him that everyone's name in LA is Brett Goldstein and Dan Levy. <laughs> that's Those are the two names. But that guy's funny. Yeah. You're pretty funny. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm laughing my ass off tonight. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going to come back. <laughs> I do have one question. Will I get a ticket if I'm parked on, on your street? Past yeah, it's six? time to go. No, no, you won't. But okay. but but you're okay. free to go anytime okay. you want. You've done the time. You've done an hour. Is you're welcome hour? to leave anytime you want. Oh, yeah. my God. It's just too much fun. I love loving it. Uh, you've been on real shows. How does this? <laughs> <laughs> this it feels like a real show. Thanks. Yeah, this is, this is a real show. This feels good. Hilarious. How many episodes have you made? Too many. How many? I don't know. Hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah, like 500 something. Five? And you have them all? No, we we stopped, re- <laughs> we stopped recording after the, about 95. We go, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, what do you mean do we have them all? This is just, just so cool. So yeah, I mean, it's just like... Well, it didn't start like... I mean, you know, this, this, <laughs> this, this is a cancer that grew... Yeah, this is crazy. It wasn't, uh, it was just a dining room table with a husband and wife with Amazon microphones at first. Right. And then it became this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I love it. Once they it. offered us the desk and chairs, we were like, well, we have to say yes to that. And then once we got them in here, none of it made any sense whatsoever. So we had to then build this production facility around it with a set and lighting and, you know, yeah. all of the stuff. Well, it's very cool. It's funny when TV people come in here, though, too, because they're like, like you kind of get it more than the average person who just well, thinks my it's a train set. Who should come on the show is Justin Willman. He's the magician I live with, you know, and he is. And you used to rep him too. I did. That's how I know you. <laughs> Hilarious. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. Justin Willman. Did I meet you at Coffee Bean? I don't know. <laughs> Well, you, when we owned our company, which is when you repped him, you used to take all your meetings at like coffee shops and stuff. I did. So it's totally plausible. Anyways, but yeah, so so Justin's great, and um, and we would love to have him. By the way, yeah, he's he's the greatest. I forget what I was telling the story about. Oh before. shit! 
What were you talking about? <laughs> oh, this is what the story is. Okay. So during the pandemic, Justin built a studio for Zoom because people were Zooming like shows. And he had this massive Zoom show that he was doing. It was so awesome. And he built a studio in North Hollywood. And it was it was it was the first time I saw something like this. And then unfortunately, pandemic's over. He's like, who wants more Zoom shows? They're like, no one forever. Oh, yeah. But he has this amazing space. I think he still does like Zooms and stuff like that. But he had like a, a working, like you, like pressing buttons, doing all this stuff. It was very cool. It's weird when you turn your dining room into like an actual production space. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little it's a little bit much. Yeah. But I will have to go because I do have to pick up my kids, I'm just realizing. Good. <laughs> Good. Dude, thank you so much for being here. I don't uh, know when we'll see you at Breakfast Club next, but please come up hopefully again. Hopefully next next Friday. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm around if you need any more car advice. I do. See, keep sending DMs. All good. I will. If I hope I won't spill any more coffee. I'm glad you got hooked up with Dom's Garage. He's fantastic. He's awesome. He really is great. Nice guy and does excellent work. Yeah. Uh, how do people follow you? Are we plugging anything? Come follow me on Instagram at Dan Levy Show. That's really where all my stuff is. Um, that connects to like my TikToks and my all other stuff. And I have that show in LA. If you live in LA, come to Largo December 4th. You can get tickets now on Largo.com. And it's every month. This next one is December 4th. Yes. So if you missed that one, check out early January, early exactly. February, and yes. so on and so forth. I love it. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you guys. Appreciate you coming in. <laughs> so good to see you. So good to see you. I definitely met your coffee bean. Now it's, now it's all coming back. Um, thanks, man. Awesome. Dan Levy, everybody. Oh, he's going to take photos. Oh, are you taking pictures? Yeah, it's very You're welcome. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's see. So I wanted to tell everybody why you have an orange microphone there. It is October, everybody. October is Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. And our friends at Telefunken, who sponsor all our fine audio gear on the show here, they sent an orange. It's the same microphone you normally use. It's an M80, but it's orange uh, for the month of October. And that's why. So if you would like to make a donation to the Autoimmunity Foundation, actually, I'm going to read this whole thing here. Thank you for tuning in to Late Night Playset. If you like the show this evening, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'd also love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment and tell us what you thought of tonight's episode. It really helps us grow our audience and reach more people like you. If you want to make a direct contribution, please donate it to our website at autoimmunityfoundation.org and um, support Multiple Sclerosis Awareness. Uh, the missus here doesn't her part as much as she can, but it's sort of a team effort. We all need to uh, do our parts. So I'm telling you about it now, and your job is to donate, and <laughs> I don't know how it all works. Tell your friends about MS and don't get it. I'll show you. That's right. You'll be the, the visual aid. How are you doing? I know the answer, but tell them. Not good. Yeah, it's been pretty horrible lately. Pretty awful, and I see how much stress plays a part because everything that had paperwork is messed up now. I have to redo everything, so it's taken a toll. Yeah, health stuff-wise, like medical paperwork and all that stuff, insurance yeah. and everything, yeah. Well, um, you know, I posted a thing the other day, and a lot of people have commented on it. Did you see? What? Just a picture of you smiling or something, but oh, the amount yeah. of support that's out there for you is pretty yeah. pretty outrageous. Pretty awesome. Seventy comments and seven hundred and eighty five likes on that just on that one alone. And there were a few people are people are loving you. So I ho I don't know if that I mean it can't hurt. I don't know if that helps you or if you feel it or or not, but 
I hope that it, it helps. helps. I just get so distracted, but I hurt like my neck right now. But it helps a lot yeah. to know that people are out there that pay attention. Um, so that's what the orange mic is about. It's also, okay. iPhone 11 Pro or newer iPhone 11 or newer. If you have an old iPhone in your uh, desk drawer or something, if it's an iPhone 12, that would be great. If you're not using it, we would love to use it for a bit. Um, we need uh, two, technically, would be great, and that will get us back up and running on everything. But uh, iPhone Pro 11 or newer. We are looking for some donations. Uh, and I could even give you an older one back if you just want to keep an old iPhone in the drawer. Some of ours have timed out and we can't use them in the studio anymore. So we need newer stuff. Um, I think that's what's going on. There is more to tell, but we will do it next week. Um, I want to share some information next week about the show, the, the other show that, uh, that we're working on and that I'm hosting. Um, so thank you very much to Dan Levy tonight. Thank you to you always. Thank you to you at home. Uh, tomorrow we're up at GVBC. And next week we're back here on Tuesday with Sasha. SoCal Cars will be here promoting her new car event. So that's what's going on. All right. We love everybody. Please love one another. And we'll see you out there. Have a great weekend.